from GRNE Solar. This. This. This is What's Up. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to What's Up, your favorite renewable energy podcast presented, as always, by GRNE Solar. Uh, you've got Ryan and Connor here today. Dogs only episode. No Marie. What is up? Woo! So we got the boys back uh, following our normal format today. Connor and I are going to be kind of just vibing and uh, talking about some some batteries and stuff as a, a lead into our new episode coming out soon that we're going to be talking more in depth about batteries in total. And we're not really going to limit this to just home batteries or EV batteries or anything, just batteries in general, because it's, it's, a, it's a hot topic. As if anybody's been listening and had seen, there's some new incentives potentially going on for batteries for uh, for uh, President Biden's new infrastructure plan. So there's a lot happening here. We want to get ahead of this, start figuring out exactly everything about it, and give you guys some interesting some battery stories. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, Ryan, I'm sure I'm sure you know we both can speak to this a little bit. But as we started to do our research for the the big battery uh, topic podcast, we're going to do. Uh, like every other topic we do, it's just a total rabbit hole. Oh my God. Uh, so, you know, obviously following the uh, what's in the news kind of prelude introduction format, uh, you know, we're, we're going to try and keep it a little bit lighter before we get into the real heavy stuff next week. Yeah. Before we end up doing like another wind episode where like it, it was just like an hour worth of just deep science. That's like, holy shit. <laughs> like, <it's, laughs> like, oh my God, this is, this is a little crazy, but. Yeah, right. we're, we're, we'll dive kind of into it. So Connor, tell me, it, we'll, we'll do a nice little fun intro here. How have batteries positively affected your life? Yeah, so <laughs> funny you should ask. Um, batteries, I would say, I mean, batteries are like in almost everything I use today. This, you know, this laptop I'm recording on right now, my, uh, you know, iPhone uh, has a battery in it. Uh, my car has a battery in it. Um, there are so many applications for batteries that, you know, I use on a daily basis, uh, you know, not just the, you know, batteries in my, you know, TV remote and like stuff like that, but, you know, big things, uh, you know, that I, that really impact and make my life much easier. Yeah. Um, you know, instead of having to have a big old computer plugged into the wall all the time, I can take my little, you know, uh, laptop tablet here and, you know, carry it, carry it around with me. Yeah. Um, little surface boy. I got a nice, nice battery in him and it's been, uh, you know, power increasing. And you're definitely not alone in that battery. You know, it's, it's the same thing that we deal with, with people talking solar all the time. Like you want to live without batteries and without energy. Like it's, you just can't. That's we've evolved past the point where we could just live in a electric list world. Like we just, we just can't. Right. What do you yeah, absolutely. Like reading books and like doing puzzles and stuff. No. Can't do that. So it's only so much Sudoku I could do. <laughs> yeah. Like the internet needs electricity and the internet has memes. What more do you want? Like, <laughs> like that sustains life. Like, you know, you know, I was actually thinking about this the other day. This is total side tangent here. Like how much, how much memes are ingrained in our culture? You know, oh. everything from, you know, memes from like 20, you know, 2012 and like earlier, where it's just like, you know, some text on a, like a background with an animal in the middle. Um, so like just weird, weird memes that like, I don't even understand, you know, some weird, weird Gen Z stuff, you know? 
that's actually going to be a very interesting study one day for for like kids in like a pop culture class is like right. the study of the evolution of memes because like i read it was yesterday maybe was doing a whole thing like 2012 throwback you're exactly right they're doing like 2012 memes and it was just like just like a, a little like a, a picture that kind of made sense and it was like hey you're gonna put some text around it in a picture that's like actively saying something that like like the text says whatever and the picture describes like oh how you how you would look when you say that and it's like right like all right cool and then you started moving into that like they had like the specific people like the scumbag guy or like the the bad luck brian or like the <laughs> it was just funny and now now memes are just i don't even know where they're at but i love them and yeah. it's just you never know what it is and it's just funny yeah, I mean, if if a meme, you know, if, if a meme can go from uh, just a weird background photo with some text on it to something that throws me into an existential crisis, I, I think we've come pretty far. <laughs> I think yes. we've come a long way. Yes. You remember what was the one that was, it was just like a drawn face of like a troll guy type of thing? Like, ah, I'm a troll. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, the black and white like yes. back in like 2008 or 2009 right yes dude, memes have come a long way that's <laughs> do a, 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 a you know a meme episode of of what of, of what's up just talking about everything going on right 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 man well yeah what about what what about you ron you know how have batteries like really impacted your life i imagine it's probably pretty similar but well yeah it's mostly similar uh to yours i don't i can't really say that i have any specific other uh instances of batteries and my big one is just my my battery electric car that I, I don't have to purchase gas like ever since i moved to arizona i had to well obviously i drove here mostly using gas with my hybrid version because the battery is not gonna last that long but then i got here in november and i put gas in that car in like in november when i got here and then that's been it since since then like i haven't i haven't even smelled a gas station i kind of miss the smell of gas a little bit yeah side note because like gas smells good but i haven't even been so i that was you know an expense that for most people is what 20 or 30 bucks like every other week or so every week well, that, like, yeah and gas is going up like a yeah. lot yeah, it cost me cost me 55 bucks yesterday to fill up my you know my sedan ridiculous yeah, yeah and i i haven't paid a, a dime for that you know i obviously i have the electric cost in there but you know that's that's saving me a whole bunch of money and then you know just looking at like how we're going to be interacting with like our phones like we like we live in a society right now where we need the phone and especially some of the stuff that we'll tell you about too with these this battery like can you imagine living in a world that has like just a super super long battery lifetime it's like you charge your phone and it has like a charge holding for an entire week like you don't have to like plug it in every night and like oh middle of the day like oh man I've been using a lot today so let me let me plug this guy in and you're like just attached to a wall outlet somewhere if you're yeah. just like you know you're four days later and now you're at like 90 percent charge yeah it's it's wild i mean how far we've even come like if you use just like for example like the you know cell phones iphone android is like a base mark how far we've come with just that battery technology since like the iphone one to the iphone right. you know 20 whatever the heck we're on now um man it makes so it sense. feels like it has gone backward a little bit because you remember like uh you know like back when we had razor phones and like nokia phones you charge that bad boy up once a week and then it was you were good like that that thing right plugged in 
I think like I think it's I think this would be interesting to talk about too is is the uh, like when you compare like how much more our cell phones can do compared like the iPhone 10 or whatever versus the iPhone you know one or two um, how much like computing power has increased versus how I guess battery power still has increased but it hasn't increased as fast as computing power yeah I guess that's very so. true that like those we didn't have to charge those much and they held on to that forever and they're small phones. But it's also because they didn't really do anything. Like, right. Like when I had, you know, my Razor phone when I was in, in you know, middle school and high school. Or I think by high school I had smartphone at that point. But like. I, I always wanted one of those. Oh, the Razor was the best. That was the cool. You had a Razor, you were cool. And then after I had my Razor and like that stopped being cool, I got one of the ones that you like flick it and it goes up like to the side, like the. Um, so throw it for any of anybody listening and kind of yourself. Go watch Iron Man 1, the first one that came out in 2008. Tony Stark has this phone that like he flicks and the screen like goes up, but it's still got like the phone. It looks like a little T thing. I had that phone and that thing was awesome. That's you, so cool. You just like flick to the side and then you're like answer this call. But even all that, like all it did was just make calls and like allow you to tap the internet. I couldn't do like anything with it. So it makes a lot of sense as to why I didn't have to charge that thing ever. Cause like now, you know, like I play clash of clans, like for 20 minutes and it just trains my battery out there. Like I'm on the internet, you know, I've been, uh, Max. I, yeah, I, I've been, I've been, you know, side, side topic. I've been, I've been slacking in the clash of clans. Um, I know our clan is suffering because we're in a clan war right now, Connor, you have to attack. <laughs> I've, I stopped getting updates. So like, I didn't even know like what's going on. You gotta check it. We're in a clan war literally right now. We're in a clan war. Okay. Okay. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, I mean, more or less, I think, you know, <clears throat> you know, pretty much everybody in the world has one way or another been impacted by batteries, whether it's in a battery in your car or battery in your cell phone, whatever. Battery um, you. Like there are people with pacemakers who have batteries in them, like just organic batteries that we just like it this is it is something that sometimes we take for granted, I feel like. And then sometimes also we don't realize the extent to which everything needs a battery in it. So absolutely going to be, as we've said a couple of times in this podcast, the new technology and like the new, whatever breakthrough ends up coming that like completely changes the next decade because in the next decade, there will be some sort of big breakthrough in battery tech. There's just too much research going into it for not to be. And whatever that is, is going to change everything. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, I think, you know, batteries uh, are just, yeah, it's one of those technologies where it's just going to be, uh, like you said, I mean, there's going to be a breakthrough. It's just a matter of time, uh, you know, uh, on what that technology is, because as we'll eventually talk about with our battery, the official battery episode, there are so many different chemistries, there's so many different combinations, so many weird, you know, super promising technologies that might not actually be. Um, it's it's just all over the place. Right. So. Even the article that I found today even said that like there's a ton of hype in in the battery industry and every time that there's something new we're all promised that you know this is going to be the next big thing that's going to change everything and so there's thousands of companies out there that are all trying to research the exact same thing and one of them is going to hit it big it's just going to be interesting to see who it is and what that tech is definitely absolutely but, but uh yeah so Ryan so <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. So what is, uh, what is in the news for All right. you this so, week? Uh, for what is in my news, I found a really awesome article off of a website called Engadget that uh, title of the article is what 
if your next electric car's body was also its battery. Hmm. So pretty, yeah, the title grabs you right away. But what the article actually was talking about is a company called Nanom. That is a nanoparticle company or a nanotech company. So anytime you think nanotech, it's awesome because immediately my mind goes to like the Avengers when like Iron Man's got like his nanotech suit on. So oh, like, totally. like this is going to be cool going right into it. So this company, Nanom, they're nanotech company. And in 2019, they decided to kind of pioneer this new form of, of battery and have been building the whole thing. And what they actually did with it was they built a boat and they made it with, as the article says, quote, a structural battery carbon fiber hull. So they actually basically wove the battery into the carbon fiber of the hull of this boat to make the entire thing basically a floating battery for it. Wow. And as it goes on to say later, it's safe in that like they could be using this kind of structure for, you know, for cars, for airplanes, for boats, um, you know, the, this product will still work even if it's punctured somehow. So it's not just going to like zap you and only delivers electricity to connections that are built into it. So like you won't get zapped or anything like that, but the, right. because that, that would be kind of bad if you know, you're all of a sudden you're, you get like a hole or something in the car and then it just stops working. Well, yeah. Cause the th first thing I think of like in terms of like carbon fiber and I'm, I'm not, I'm not a chemist or anything, uh, but I think like carbon fiber is like traditionally like super brittle. You know, so like if you if you get, you know, fender bendered or you bump into a dock with your, you know, carbon fiber hull um, and you crack it, you know, is if there's somebody swimming in a lake nearby, are they going to get electrocuted? You <laughs> yeah, know what I mean? That's the like, entire lake. Right. Uh, and no, apparently it's not not the what's going to happen here. But the what the article talked more about is this specific technology and, and what they're doing is actually basically building off of the existing battery tech we have now but just incorporating nanoparticles into it to greatly increase the energy density, the lifetime and the efficiency of these batteries. So for example, the, the boat that they built here, that boat, it's, uh, they actually have a picture on, of it on the website. It's a small, like probably you know, one or two person type of cap. It's not some massive mega yacht, but it has a full capacity of 500 kilowatt hours for its battery which for reference, wow. Tesla Model S has a 100 kilowatt hour battery capacity. So this is five times as much energy density as your you know, leading electric car basically right now. Wow. So the nanotech makes that possible. And because what they're doing actually with it is by using, like, changing the particles in the battery to just you know, little nanoparticles now, can, they can reduce the cost and uh, they can re so reduce the cost of it. They can reduce the weight of the overall system because now it's just smaller and then increases the efficiency of li the lithium ion batteries as well. So mm -hmm. they noted in here that batteries right now, on, especially in the EV market, are, and, and you can push that out to any market, really even talk cell phones. The biggest component of that, which brings the cost, is the battery itself. So like they note that for EVs, the average battery costs about $200 per kilowatt hour for the battery. Wow. So they can cut that significantly and make EVs way cheaper. So that, you know, the starting price doesn't start at 30,000 starting price is down near 20,000 instead. And when we hit that right. and you get way more mainstream. Absolutely. Uh, so 
as far as their batteries and you know they're building these new battery cells basically for it what they're saying is that not only will it make it more efficient but also reduce the long-term degradation of them so they expect the energy density lifespan and recharge rate of these nanoparticle batteries to increase by nine times what is currently available on the market today. That's, so that that's crazy. You can recharge way faster. You can hold way more lifespan. And then as far as the life cycle goes, a typical, like, um, a typical battery of this size, by making it into the nanoparticle ones, they can create a cell which would last for 50,000 cycles. So between your fully charged to fully um, decharge or discharged, 50,000, which okay. average EV, they noted, that would mean that it would, the battery itself would, before, by the time that it completely loses all of its capacity to hold energy. So by the time it degrades fully, would be 137 years. That's, that's, you know, if I could have my car last 137 years and give it to my great grandkids, um, that'd be pretty huge. <laughs> right. And, and, and it's important to note too, that that is not the like the energy in it like it's not going to hold energy and you don't have to charge it for 137 years it would just mean that like the battery is not de like degrading so that it's it really it's 130 years before it's just degraded so far you can't even use it so you still have to charge that right right right, right. Uh, but i mean that's uh, talking long-term investment on a battery type of thing like that's it's crazy so they did get into then a little bit of the technology of it, which I thought was really interesting because it actually uses the exact same design that Thomas Edison patented all the way back in 1901, which was the nickel iron batteries. And huh. but what they've done then is taken instead of Edison's real heavy, you know, nickel and iron plates, they've just replaced that with nanoparticles. And the, the real kicker of how this works is that basically they're increasing the surface area of, and the number of electrodes that are there. Okay. So like a battery, for those that don't know, works by lithium ions. And once an electric charge is, is introduced, lithium ions then move from the negative electrode called the anode to the positive electrode, the cathode. And that's how, you know, kind of battery or that's how, you know, power is produced, quote unquote, right. from so by using the nanoparticles instead, it is increasing the total number of electrodes you can get, especially when you have them that small, that you can have significantly more of these electrodes. So you have more surface area for the battery to cover to be able to hold more charge. So the article likened it to if you have a, a room full of people making widgets, you got 50 adults in this room making widgets. You could replace all of those adults in this room with 150 children who are specially trained to be able to make the widgets at the same speed and everything like that. So you have 150 people making everything at the same capacity, but now there's more doing it. So that's going to then increase the number of widgets you would make. So okay. same that, to a battery. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Cause I was, you know, um, I, I was getting a little, just a little bit confused there with some of those that analogy makes a lot of sense. Yes. I'll say that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's like uh, like in, in gas powered cars too. You know, you have your engine, you know, a, a V four versus a V six. It's taking up pretty much the same physical space in the car, but ones be able to provide a lot more power because it's just more. Sure. So this, this is the same uh, principle they're going off of. So 
that's what they're looking to do kind of with this whole thing. As of right now, the company did note in this article that there's a lot of hype in batteries, as we said, so everything seems new. So what they're working on right now is specialized um, applications for this. So they can go to a company and see what's your application. They can design a cell you know, with their nanoparticles that would meet the needs and basically just drop in a new battery cell that increases the efficiency, has more power density to it, it's gonna be lower cost. So they can kind of do that in between. What is it, what and they're also working on their, at the same time, this carbon fiber weave, which then they could, they're hoping would be able to, you know, build into all different types of, uh, of everything. So as far as that one, they said that they would create a carbon fiber weave that integrates a cathode and anode and uses a silk or fiberglass electrolyte separator. So that's a lot of fancy words, but it's basically, they're just basically, <laughs> they're weaving the battery into the actual structure of, of anything. So you could, you know, build that out too. They say planes, boats, cars, you know, phones, dog, anything. That you is, know. that is so cool. Yeah. You could, I, well, it's funny. It's funny. You should mention planes too, because like, that's, that's something that's starting to be explored too. Mm -hmm. Like battery powered. I mean, that just seems like insane, you know? Right. It seems wild, but like, you know, especially if you have something like this, where it's going to be woven into the physical structure of the whole plane, you could easily have enough, you know, capacity in that to power a large commercial airliner. Right. So, so yeah, I thought that was a really cool one. And we'll link the, uh, We'll link the article in the notes, especially too, so everyone can see kind of the picture of the little, uh, the little boat that they made. It's you know, it's it's nothing really, you know, crazy, but just a little tiny boat that they have, and and really, I, I think this is pretty sweet as far as anything nanotech wise, and hey, if it increases efficiency, I'm all in for it. Right. I mean, like you said, whenever whenever somebody mentions nanotechnology, of course, immediately I think of, you know, Iron Man and, you know, Avengers and all that stuff. But like, I also think like, oh, nanotech, like, you know, 2200 or like 2100 is going to be like really cool when we have nanotech. But like, right. it seems like there's there's breakthroughs and there's people already utilizing, you know, some sort of basic form of, of nanotech. Yeah, it's it's very like sci-fi. We don't right. really think it, but it exists today. It's just, you know, not in the like nanoparticle type of thing that is in sci-fi movies, but it's in more of these just really tiny things. Right. So, we can't, we can't, we can't make it, you know, shoot lasers yeah. yet, but right. we're, not yet. There. we're close though. We're very close. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Hey, that's, that's an awesome article, Ryan. Thanks for sharing. Yes. It's uh, and you know, side note too, as I'm saying this, that company Nanom is uh, based in Iceland. So Ooh. If anybody wants to know that, it's Iceland. Cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, Connor, what, what is in your news then? Yeah. So, um, my article, I, I just, uh, I, you know, I've actually been reading a few articles about this this week, is uh, has to do with um, lithium, the actual, you know, uh, substance of lithium. Mm -hmm. um, as we know, lithium makes up, you know, a lot of the batteries that we, you know, use in electric cars and other applications today, cell phones, et cetera. Um, the main battery, of course, you know, is lithium ion. So lithium ion is really important and it's really important that, you know, companies and manufacturers get their hands on it. Um, however, um, what, you know, the United States has started to realize is there are certain countries, uh, for example, China, um, you know, that control a vast majority of the lithium supply chain. 
Um, so I, I guess I shouldn't say like countries. Percentage you see, or is it just like as far as vast majority? Like what is? Yeah, so I shouldn't say countries. I should say country because it's one country <laughs> and it's China. Yeah, um, China. China controls approximately 80 uh, 80 percent of the world's lithium supply. Wow. Which yeah, I mean, and, and for for an element that is so direly needed right now. I mean, Tesla is is Tesla's battery production, LG's battery production is limited because they can't quite get you know uh, their hands on all the lithium they need. You know, besides the whole pandemic thing going on. Right. Yeah. So. Right. Exactly. So. The issue, of course, is you know if in the future there is any type of uh, disruption in the supply chain, uh, supply chain coming from China, you know whether it's from a geopolitical event or whatever happens, um, the United States and manufacturers started to realize that you know it's kind of a big deal that we need to make sure we get our hands on this. So um, a lot of private firms and a lot of companies um, and geologists had been essentially scouring the United States, find, trying to find lithium deposits that we can manufacture and, and you know, draw from. Mm -hmm. So one of the most prominent and one of the companies that's spearheading the way um, is a company called uh, Piedmont Lithium Limited. Okay. Uh, so Piedmont Lithium Limited is a, uh, uh, they're a company that is actually planning to launch um, a lithium mine in North Carolina. Um, it's going to be the first of its kind. It's going to be the first lithium mine in the United States. That's so that like batteries are so into it. Like lithium is, has been that big of an element and we don't have any domestic production. Right. It, it, it's absolutely nuts, you know, and it can pose, you know, huge, huge issues to the market. It can pose, you know, national security issues, which mm -hmm. I'm sure is what, you know, the U S government is looking at. Um, so, yeah, so this this company, uh, Piedmont Lithium Limited, um, they are kind of spearheading, you know, they're spearheading the way in lithium mines. Um, a year later, so they they initially started, you know, breaking ground on this and started the process in 2019. Um, a year later, in 2020, they actually uh, uh, struck a deal with uh, Tesla to supply a third of their lithium. So there's one mine, which is going to be massive, by the way. Um, is still only going to supply one third of what Tesla actually needs. That's insane. And then, uh, then all the other car companies out there too that are now needing lithium too. Right, right. Every every auto manufacturer under the sun now, and now new ones are coming up, um, is is you know releasing some sort of you know EV or hybrid vehicle. Right. Um, so you know you might be asking yourself, okay, well why why didn't the U.S. do this you know early you know years earlier? They obviously realized that. You know, lithium's already used in cell phone batteries, laptop batteries, whatever. Mm -hmm. Well, because uh, China controls so much of the market, um, and because their labor costs and you know regulations are a bit cheaper and all that, um, they can basically set the price of the commodity. So their their supply, they have such a stranglehold on the supply to the point where you know in the past when other companies, U.S. companies, have tried to set up mines and everything like that these companies have just determined that it's not profitable or they've gone out of business because they just they can't keep up yeah you can't compete with the supply that they have that's like that's a full-on monopoly right exactly and you know when you have a when you have a, a you know this second largest economy in the world the you know uh, chinese government essentially uh supporting these lithium mines you know through government funds um it's a little bit hard to compete with versus you know more of the the free market approach we take here in the u.s Right. I mean, especially because we're, as, as we've talked many times, it's a race for cost on the battery side. So like race to the bottom, yeah. you, know, you could, you could open something 
like domestically. But if you can't compete with it, people aren't going to buy it. It's just like supply and demand. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, it's, yeah, it's just, it's really interesting to, to see the, the, the macroeconomics behind how uh, there is so much demand for it and there is a lot of supply. Um, but, you know, the price just doesn't reflect where it should be. Yeah, so so this company, uh, Piedmont Lithium uh, Limited, uh, like I mentioned, they're they're the ones kind of spearheading the the first one here. There are other firms and other companies that are, um, you know, also like I said, scouring and trying to find additional places for uh, mines. Yeah, so that's that's kind of where that's kind of where we're at. Uh, that's mostly what this article talks about. Um, and because production is scaling up so much, or so many companies and firms are are trying to find you know more lithium. The U.S. is actually slated to suppress uh, South Korea, which is the number three company who is, or excuse me, number three, uh, you know, nation, number three nation who is most involved in the supply chain process. Okay. So like the U.S. is kind of at the bottom of the list right now. And with so much investment and development, we're looking to shoot all the way up to number three. There you go. Just protecting that, that natural, our own, our own resources and our own economy. So it's not as based in, in others and you know, I imagine too, that's going to be a big point of like, if you can produce things, you know, and mine them and get them from country and we're not importing them, that in, that helps with the cost of those too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, there are obviously ways that, uh, you know, the federal government, um, you know, and the trade commissions and everything can step in and, you know, set, you know, tariffs and take, you know, more like protectionist methods to do that. But hasn't necessarily been the most fruitful way to do in the past. So hopefully, hopefully, the, you know, these private firms can, um, you know, scale up production and make it a little more competitive with China. Yeah, for sure. So this Piedmont Lithium Limited, they, they just have the one mine right now, right? That's correct. Yep. In uh, North Carolina. Yep. Okay. Is it in um, operation currently or is it still being like built? Yeah. So it actually, uh, so it, it did break ground in 2019. So they have been, you know, breaking ground. They've been obviously, you know, it takes a little while to get these mines set up. Um, so, right, you got to dig a lot. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, a year later when they started to, you know, gain some traction and develop the mine or had, had the mine a little bit more developed, that's when they signed that deal with Tesla to okay, supply a lot of that lithium. Gotcha. I still feel like 2019 was like, oh, it was just like last year. It's like, no, this is, we're, we're well past that. Yeah, yeah, uh, you know, being being working from home and being stuck at home for a year uh, certainly makes 2019 feel like. Mm-hmm. Actually, it makes it feel like it was 10 years ago for me. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It was a very long 2020. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah. So I mean, that's that's what's going on with uh, with my article. Obviously, I'll make be uh, I'll make sure to include this uh, in the links below. That way, you can view this. Um, yeah. Awesome. Well, appreciate uh, appreciate that article, Connor. It's really awesome. It's it's, it's weird, just it's bonkers to hear that it's 80% of the global supply chain for lithium all comes through China. Like, I know we get a lot, of, like everybody gets a lot of stuff from China because they're just a manufacturing hub, but like 80%? Right. Yeah. And, you know, there's uh, so, you know, something that's been in the news recently uh, with the Biden administration is, you know, the huge infrastructure plan that's coming mm-hmm. out. Uh, we could probably, and we probably should do an entire episode probably on that. Will. Yeah, um, but uh, one thing that we're familiar with here in the solar industry is the ITC or investment tax credit. The ITC, they're they're looking to change that and build that out a little bit more to include, you know, batteries and uh, you know the supply chains behind the batteries to to spur that development and growth uh, here, you know, in the U.S. 
Nice. Yeah, yeah. That's definitely one we're going to do. Watch out for all of our listeners because that may be coming sooner rather than later to kind of just run through what it is now and get some speculation from from us and what what it might mean for the industry or what it might do. So that's uh, going to walk you through that one. It might be really interesting to do. So uh, yeah, we'll kind of appreciate the articles today. If for all of our listeners, you know, if you guys have anything else that you want us to, to talk about, or you want to send us articles to, we always love getting articles from our listeners. Uh, we can include them in the next Watts in the News and send one in and, and you know, as long as you're comfortable with it, we can shout you out and say, hey, this came from the, you know, yeah, the uh, happy to uh, happy to do that for you guys. So appreciate you all listening. A couple of last things before we go. <clears throat> Make sure that you do as far as you needing your uh, your meal prep boxes. As always, uh, we do still have our coupon code active with nutrition for longevity. So make sure all of our listeners go. I know I've been on the big meal plan, meal train plan here that, uh, you know, getting those, I've been getting a bunch of different boxes from some from nutritional longevity, some from your classics, like your HelloFresh, your Green Chef. It's always great. Nutrition for longevity by far has the best quality of food that I've seen in any of these boxes. It's, you know, when you get it out of that box, by far the freshest, the best food possible. You know, it's all very sustainably stored, very sustainably sourced. It's the best for you. So you can go to their website. Uh, you can go to nutritionforlongevity.com forward slash Watts up. Make sure you use the coupon code Watts up. That's W-A-T-T-S-U-P for 10% off of your box coming in. Make sure you get that food today. And then you can always go find more about the Watts up podcast on Instagram at the Watts up podcast. And then check out GRNE Solar too at grnesolar.com or at GRNE Solar any of the social medias. Appreciate you guys so much for listening. Thank you so much. And now you know what's up.